Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to a special edition of Revolution Recap. I'm joined today by Adam Sal, the philanthropy chair of the Midnight Riders, to talk a little bit about the TIFO that the Midnight Riders um, and the fort had on Saturday in the Revolution's 2-1 win over Houston Dynamo at Gillette Stadium. Uh, first of all, Adam, though, I know the uh, Midnight Riders suffered a 4-3 to loss to the Rebellion in the Supporters' Cup this past weekend. Are you uh, still recovering from that? I am. I'm definitely still sore. It's been several days now, and I think that I'm going to continue to have some uh, quad soreness and shoulder soreness from playing goalkeeper for most of the second half for another few days. But uh, next year's another year. We'll continue to find talented soccer players within the riders and hopefully get that trophy back where it belongs. <laughs> so there was a lot of talk about the, uh, the TIFO at this past weekend's um, pride night at the revolution. Um, it got, made it onto the TV broadcast. It was um, obviously for at the stadium. You saw it. Um, there was a little bit special background to this one. Could you talk a little bit about um, the process behind this, this past TIFO and what made it special? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that made this particular TIFO unique is that it's the first TIFO that the riders have hoisted that we didn't design ourselves. Uh, some of the more iconic TIFO see that you may associate with the riders, anybody who's listening to this, the Jaws TIFO, the Revengers TIFO, the Indiana Jones TIFO, all of those were designed in-house. Uh, this one was not. This one was a special design that we commissioned from a queer person of color artist here in the city of Boston. And we did that as part of an effort to be inclusive of the queer POC community within the broader queer community when we're doing our Pride Night celebrations. That artist's name is Mitsuka Berry, and they were very helpful in taking the feedback that we had for this is what we're hoping to accomplish with this. And this is the way that we go about designing and building these things so that the design that they came up with was going to work well within our normal process. And the all are welcome design that you saw on Saturday uh, was the result of that experience. So even though they designed it, you still had to do some of the painting on it. Is that correct? We did. In fact, we spent uh, a long night on Thursday right before the game working on that. I didn't get home until 1 a.m. after uh, several hours at Gillette with a leaf blower trying to make sure that all of the black paint dried the uh humidity rolled in wednesday evening and made it difficult so we didn't have the benefit of the sun to dry things out and we didn't have the benefit of just dry air to make things work quickly so i'm very very grateful to the rest of the team that helped me get that painted and uh, get that traced earlier that week at gillette as well so definitely a lot of driving between home and the stadium last week and and for those that didn't get to see the TIFO for whatever reason, where is the, the best place someone could, could go and look at it or a picture of it rather? <laughs> yeah, in this short, well, for one thing, there's definitely a lot of great pictures of that available floating around on social media, Twitter, Facebook, they're all over the place, especially if you're already in one of the riders groups. Um, but there will certainly be images available of it on our website, midnightriders.com in the near future. And as long as you're there, we're going to be launching our line of Pride-specific merchandise that is all going to be derived from that TIFO within the next couple of days. And the proceeds from that are going to benefit Rainbow Railroad, which is an organization that is very meaningful and is the beneficiary of 
our pride efforts this year. So make sure to check out midnightriders.com. Um, and you know, typical TFO process, how does that usually work? Where does the creativity come from to, to come up with an idea when it's when it's not commissioned from a, a local artist? Because obviously there's been a, you know, a lot of attention. You mentioned the, the Jaws banner and there's been some other great ones um, over recent years. What is the, the typical process for that? And do you guys team up with the Rebellion on that stuff? We actually tend to do these pretty separately. We're blessed with a lot of very talented visual artists in the Riders. And we have... A channel on our Slack board in which we talk about what are some ideas that might be useful in that kind of format. And when we kind of come to a consensus that, hey, we want to do this general concept, somebody in our group, usually one of the handful of visual artists that we have, will take a crack at it. Then there will be some feedback, a couple of review cycles, and then we'll settle on a design. And the next step after that is to find a place that we can trace it. So that's uh, blowing the entire design up to the scale that we're going to be working on it and projecting that onto the giant piece of fabric that we have. Um, so I should back up that we have a member who has been working with us on our TIFO sewing from the very beginning. Uh, Julie's been doing all, of, I believe she's done literally all of the TIFO that we've created. So a uh, big shout out to her for all of the work that she's done to make sure that we get these things over the finish line every time. So once we get the giant piece of fabric from her, we go and find somewhere that we can tack the uh, tack the fabric up on the wall, project the full scale TIFO onto the fabric, and then trace all of the lines and write down what colors are on it. So it ends up being kind of a paint by number situation once you get to the last stage, which is the painting. And that's where we need six, seven, eight, ten people, however many people we can get who all get together. And we usually do this in the Gillette parking lot. And uh, we just do the paint by numbers thing and make sure that it dries before we bring it back for the day of the game. We uh, do a test hoist of it a few hours before the game, cut some air holes because otherwise the thing is a literal sail. And in that particular spot in the stadium, it can get surprisingly windy. So the only way that it's going to work is if we have some air holes, which is a bummer at times because it means that the design is all cut up and imperfect by the time you get to see it but uh it's it's completely functional and it's the only way that it's going to work but uh yeah and the the thing that people often don't know about these things is that once they are done once we have hoisted the tifo once it's been brought down again and the game has kicked off we're done with them we don't save the tifo we don't turn them into something else afterward one or two of them have ended up in other people's hands the uh the fun story that we know is that chris tierney's folks specifically requested that they could have the TIFO that we designed around him a couple of years ago. We have no idea what they've done with it. We like to imagine that they just tacked it up to the side of their house or something like that, just to be a nice little embarrassing thing when Chris gets home someday. But that is uh, that is what generally happens with the TIFOs. They end up getting thrown out because there's no real elegant thing you can do with what is effectively bedsheet material that's been painted on after it's been hoisted and brought down again. And obviously, you turned the uh, the Pride Night one into merchandise where you're going to be. Do you have you done that with any of the other ones in the past? We have. It can be uh, it can be a challenge. So some of the earlier TFO designs, we've just taken them in forgive the expression here whole cloth and just gotten them printed onto T-shirts and made them available through our web shop. And you'll see a few people wearing those. Um, the challenge with TFO, especially if you're going to do something with a player who is currently on the team, is that you don't know that the player is going to stick around. You don't know that the player is going to leave on good terms if they do. So you end up in a situation where you might be stuck with a bunch of merchandise with a player's face on it that you can't do anything with. So the example here is the Jermaine 
Jones TIFO that we did. It was a great collaboration that we did. We worked with um, the front office who had a panel created with players from the team and Children of Children's Hospital. So if you can picture that TIFO in your head at the very bottom, there is a specific panel that doesn't seem to fit within the regular aesthetic of the uh, the TIFO there. And that's because it was painted by patients at Children's. Um, and we created a bunch of T-shirts about that, excuse me, centered on that TIFO that were picturing, you know, Jermaine Jones and the Revs Crusade, I think it was called. The problem is that only a couple of months later, Jones left the team fairly acrimoniously, and obviously nobody wanted a T-shirt with Jermaine Jones's face on it after that point. So we ended up stuck with all of this Jermaine Jones-related merch for years and years. I think our Supporters' Cup jersey, not this past season where um, – we were talking about it earlier, but last year, I think our jersey was leftover Jermaine Jones t-shirts, just because we had like we've got nothing else we can do with these things at this point. We throw them into bags of crap when we sell them. We've donated a bunch of them. There's just nothing we can do to move them because the guy left town and uh, kind of gave us all the middle finger on the way out. But uh, yeah, it was um, it it was a bit of a lesson that particular tifo. And all right, what are the subject materials that we can really draw from to make these things happen? Um, and, and obviously. Banners have been kind of a part of the revolution since the beginning, but the the large TIFO is more of a, a newer thing, right? How long have you guys been doing the the massive, uh, you know, banners that have been going up in front of the fort? If I'm not mistaken, the first full scale TIFO that was done was right before the playoff run in 2014. I want to say that the rebellion did their hurry boys. It's waiting there for you TIFO that season. I think that was the first one, and then we did our Jaws one a couple of weeks later uh, during the crew conference semifinal series um so it's about five years and in that time without the information in front of me i want to say we've done about 10 um we usually do two or three a year sometimes it can be tough to get volunteers to roll in to help with the tracing help with the painting and um you know as much as we don't like to think of it this way but sometimes the performance of the team can impact the level of enthusiasm among the fans to figure out are we going to go and do something and if the team is underperforming is having a rough start to the season it can be tough to gather enough people to pull something over the finish line which is why the pride one that we did this past weekend was the first since last year's pride just that the team was underperforming and it just felt like there wasn't a whole lot of enthusiasm. There weren't a lot of people saying, Hey, I want to come do something to help support the team. It was kind of just like, okay, we're going to come to the game. We're going to have a nice tailgate. We're going to watch the team struggle. And then we're going to go home, I guess. So being in a situation where the team is starting to turn its fortunes around with a new coach arena, it's hopefully going to continue to engender some enthusiasm. So my hope is that you'll see another TIFO from the riders before the season is out. Um, I don't know anything about the Rebellion's plans. They tend to do their TIFO completely separately and independently of ours. But for all I know, they do have uh, a TIFO plan for later in the season. Yeah, it's it's obviously was a uh, bit of a negative atmosphere around the stadium at the beginning of the season with how things were going under Brad Friedel. But um, with with Bruce Arena so far turning things around, it seems like uh, the the fan the fans have changed a bit and have gotten a bit more positive. Have you seen that in the fort? Absolutely, it has definitely been the case uh, in the places that I'm having conversations about the team that there is a lot more interest, a lot more enthusiasm, a lot more optimism about the team than there has been at any point in the last couple of years. I remember the brief run of form that we experienced at the beginning of last year when uh, teams didn't really figure out how to defeat Friedel's high press. 
that was nice, but that one did feel a little bit tenuous. It felt like people even then recognized it's like this can't last forever. There's definitely some other shoe that needs to fall here. And just these first few games with Bruce in charge, it feels a lot more optimistic. People seem to think like, oh, we have a coach who knows what he's doing, who's done this many times before in this league, and who knows how to get the most out of the players under his command. So it feels as though there is a whole different energy around the team and around the fan base right now. And for those that you know aren't members of the Midnight Riders, um, what would you say would be the reasons for someone to, to go ahead and join the Riders, and what events do you have upcoming? So we've got a few very interesting events coming up. Uh, for the first time, we're going to be doing what I'm calling the Pup Crawl. I've been looking forward to a way to focus on an animal-centric uh, charity for a few years now, and we finally managed to put all of the pieces together. That's coming up at the in the fall. Uh, we'll have our annual soup competition this fall as well, that's usually one of the last tailgates of the year. We have our annual golf classic. That's the biggest event that we host in any given year. That's coming up in just a couple of months. Um, and one of the reasons that I tell people that they should join the riders is just for one thing, the camaraderie. That's it, it's only a ten dollar membership fee. There's a lot of riders throughout the area, a lot of riders in the country. We've got international midnight riders, and we are always working to support our members wherever they might be in their quest to continue to follow this team and to support the soccer community in New England. It also gives you, you know, early access to some of the other stuff that we do. So for example, the supporters cup that you mentioned earlier, that is a rider specific event. Uh, we'll try to get our FIFA tournament over, uh, over the next couple of months. That's usually happening in the spring, but we've had some logistical challenges with that. So trying to get the FIFA tournament to happen again, and a lot of these things are members only. So ensuring that you have access to these sorts of events is, uh, you know, the easiest way to, the easiest thing that you can say you should join the riders is so that you have early access to events. And, and uh, before we wrap up, where can people find you on Twitter? And also, uh, thanks again for, for coming on Revolution Recap. If people who didn't listen to the show way back in the day, 11 years ago, um, you were a one-time guest co-host of Revolution Recap. So it's, I think it's technically your second appearance. Um, this is the first appearance on the, the podcast show. But, but where can people find you uh, on Twitter? <laughs> I do remember driving down to the, uh, the studio to co-host that with you. That was, uh, that was quite some time ago. Yeah, wow, 11 years holy cow yeah i was looking it up and i couldn't believe how long ago it's been <laughs> yeah no kidding uh you can find me on twitter at ajv cell um yeah <laughs> that that's that's really it there's not a whole lot of uh not a whole lot there it's just that's where i uh i have my ramblings about the team and about other things yeah it's it's always a a good place to find out about the what's going on with the midnight riders and and everything so uh, thanks again, Adam, for joining us, and hopefully we'll get you on again soon, and it won't be another 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> Knock on wood.